Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Raising Saints, an AM820 production designed for parents who desire to raise the saints in their life. And now, Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt. Hello and welcome to Raising Saints, the show for Catholic parents. I'm your host, Katie Wyatt, and you're listening to AM820 St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Here on Raising Saints, we talk to teenagers about the topics that matter most, and we invite you, parents, to listen in on our conversations. We hope that and pray that in joining us, you'll gain insight, wisdom, and courage to have these conversations with your own kids. So today is part two of a, a two-part series we were doing. Uh, last time we recorded, we talked to young ladies about um, their perspective on purity, and so we definitely want to get... Um, the young men's perspective as well. So we have with us two of our regular contributors here to the program. Why don't you tell us who you are and where you go to church and and where you go to school? I'm Zach. I go to St. John Newman and Olentangy High School. I'm Gabriel, and I also go to St. John Newman and Big Walnut High School. Great. Well, thank you guys for coming back and talking about this very fun topic. <laughs> Although you were both pretty excited to talk about purity, yeah, which is yeah. awesome. Okay, great. So, um, and I'm going to ask you this pretty much the same questions I asked the girls too, because I wanted to get the same, uh, the your perspective on the same questions. So the first uh, thing I asked the girls is what are the factors that make the struggle for purity difficult for, well, for you guys, for young men? What hormones. are the factors in your culture? <laughs> what did you say? Um, I said hormones. Well, no, but hormones, is a, that's a good answer. That's part of it, yeah. right? That's something that you're constantly trying to keep in check. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But other than that, what else? <laughs> um, I would definitely just say all the temptation that's around us, especially from um, the media and our society and just from our peers and our friends and just all the things that... Um, our society promotes and makes us seem like it's all right and acceptable to do, you know, to commit these sexual sins and to get lost in that. Do you agree with that, Zach? Um, yeah, I agree with that. Also, just the fact that um, it's basically just come accustomed to teens that like a lot of other people in school are doing it, if not all other people in school are doing it. Um, like a solid 90% of all schools, I would guess, probably struggle um with that sin. So do you guys feel like you're just in this constant state of struggle or, or do you, or do you feel like sometimes the temptations there, sometimes the struggle are there, or is it pretty perpetual in your lives? I think it really depends on the person and where you're at, um, in your purity and in your faith. Cause I know like before my life, it has seemed like a constant struggle, but now that, um, I've really grown in my faith a lot more and overcome a lot of sin in my life. It's become, you know, not really like an everyday struggle. It's something that I really have to struggle with every now and then, but it's not constant like okay. it was before. Yeah. Um, it just varies from person to person. There's probably people who struggle with it daily. Um, and there's people who struggle with it, not at all. Um, but it's always like in the back of your mind there. It's just whether or not you have the faith to overcome it. With the girls, we talked quite a lot about pornography, so I wanted to talk with you guys about that too. Um, how easy is it to access pornography? So Very easy. easy. <laughs> Ridiculously <laughs> yeah, easy. You can get it. I mean, so many people have smartphones now, or if not, not that, then an iPod or an iPad or 
you know, any computer or laptop or anything, you know, they could, I mean, most guys have a phone that they could just access it on any time of the day they want, wherever they want, wherever they're at. And in fact, it's so easy to access that you can even access it if you're not trying to access it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I asked I asked the girls this question. I'm anxious to hear your answer. How nervous should parents be about the influence of pornography on their sons? Very, very nervous. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Like no question. Very nervous. Yes, period. Definitely. Because <laughs> the girls said, "Well, that depends on their relationship with the parents." This I I think this just illustrates the difference between how pornography affects young men and how pornography affects young women. Yeah. I think young women feel like they have more control over it. You know, they have more say in whether or not their lives are influenced by pornography. Mm-hmm. But young men maybe don't have so much control. I don't know. Would you agree with that? Disagree? No, I would agree with that. Yeah. I knew that's what you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, is pornography for guys... So what percentage of guys you know use pornography on a somewhat regular basis? Most... Every guy I know or has in the past, okay. they haven't overcame that. I mean, there's only one friend I know that hasn't used pornography. Um, I'm sure there's friends that I have that we've just never talked about it. Or I mean, there could be friends like that. But I mean, out of almost all the friends I have, I know that they all have or do. Yeah. Is that the same with you, Zach? Yeah, I would assume a lot of my friends have, if not all. Um, it's just kind of a silent topic like... You really don't talk about it with your friends too much. Well, actually, that was my experience. Okay, so that was my next question. Is it is it something you don't talk about or is it something that's just socially acceptable, acceptable and you do talk about it? I mean, maybe not kind of both. Okay, it's socially acceptable, but you don't talk about it with your friends just because how weird of a topic it is. Right. Like, what are you going to say? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I would say. I feel like most guys definitely think it's socially acceptable, but I think like how much it's talked about definitely depends on the situation and who you're with. with. I know Mm -hmm. a lot of like my good friends now, we would never talk about it unless it would be like trying to like help somebody that would be struggling with it. But I know I'm a lot of my old friends and I mean, they, it's just something, I mean, people will talk about it and laugh about it and just talk about it or joke about it all the time. So I think in some with some people in some situations, it's definitely talked about a lot. Like it's nothing or no big deal. I think it's really interesting that you both said that probably all of your friends have used pornography at some point. I mean, that you two guys are very involved in your parishes. Mm-hmm. Your friends are all Jesus guys, church guys. You know, it, it's, it, it doesn't discriminate. Pornography yeah. doesn't discriminate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really important to just... I think we as parents can be like, oh, my child would never do that, you know, but yeah, maybe your child yeah. wouldn't <laughs> intentionally, but, you know, we're being preyed upon. So um, what are some of the tools you guys use to avoid the temptation of pornography? I mean, there's definitely filters you can use, like set filters on your phone, like parental locks or something. And then there's this website, it's called uh, Covenant Eyes. Covenant Eyes. Um, you basically set up someone else's email and it keeps track of your history and then sends it to that email. So like that'll definitely keep you in check. Like, oh no, don't want grandma seeing that. 
My, so. so wait, wait, wait. So your grandma keeps your Covenant Eyes account like no. that? That's how. I mean, only, but that's only like grandma. Like, <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Oh my gosh. Like yeah, you can definitely <laughs> your pastor. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay, I'm gonna write that down. Covenant Eyes. Zach's Seriously, grandma. I'm writing it. <laughs> Zach's grandma. <laughs> if Mima wouldn't want to see it, I won't look it up. <laughs> Okay, I don't really call her Meemaw. <laughs> what would Meemaw do? What would Meemaw view? Okay. Um, okay. All right, let's move on from pornography. We're talking about all different influences on a, pure, a young man's purity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things that we talked about with the girls was social media. And I'm wondering if that presents a challenge to young men like it does to young women. And if so, how so? Um, yeah, there's definitely like a lot of Twitter pages um, just from some of the friends I follow at school, um, some interesting stuff will pop up on my news feed um, from, like, Sports Illustrated and stuff like that, um, and then just other Twitter pages. Um, so even if, like, you don't intentionally try and view it yourself, it still gets, like, forced upon you. Right. Right. If you're scrolling through your Twitter feed. Yeah. It, it'll be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely, okay. I mean, I've seen stuff on, yeah, especially Twitter and sometimes on Facebook where I'm just like, well, why is this on my newsfeed or wondering why people are posting things like that. Um, I'm not really on social media a whole lot now, except for to check my notifications though. So usually is that I, intentional? I mean, are you intentionally not on social media very much? It's just because I would spend so much time on it if I did check it all the time. And I just try to stop myself from doing that because I know. I feel like it's such a waste of time mm-hmm. unless you're posting something um, that's going to do good or, you know, seeing what someone has said to you, replying to someone or something like that. But I mean, I and definitely, I guess, just not really like um, just the influences. Like, I mean, on social media, you just see how your friends and how society um, portray sexuality and, you know, and it's just how so against purity and. Do you guys that ever is. unfriend or unfollow anybody who, whose posts aren't aren't in, aren't consistent with your views or your beliefs or how you want to feel or what you want to see or you're just I never yeah. have no yeah you have Zach yeah I mean there are like it's only it's not like regular that I do it but there are like two people that just kept posting it posting it constant to where I just did the this is like enough. Right, like, why am I following this? I don't, yeah. yeah, like, it just kept popping up there, and it just wasn't healthy for it to be there. You mentioned, um, Zach, you mentioned Sports Illustrated, things that pop up on your Twitter feed. So I'm wondering about sort of advertising in general, advertisers. Do advertisements present a challenge to purity for young men? I think they definitely can, because, I mean, any time you see um any advertisement that's impure it's going to lead you to lust or you know or not it's not you could easily you know could it could lead you yeah, to lust or impure thoughts but i mean it doesn't really seem like advertising is that big of a deal when you know a guy can just pull out his phone and look up something 10 times worse you know oh so. okay that's a good point mm-hmm. Do, is it is it more subtle maybe though like um more subconsciously. It, yeah, I would say. And just just the advertising makes it seem so much more socially acceptable. Like it just makes a guy think that it's 
even more all right to lust or to have impure thoughts or do something impure objectify women or anything like that it just makes them just you know creates that idea in their head that this is all right and this is what i'm supposed to do as a guy like this is the normal course of yeah mm-hmm. events um so other than other than just avoiding you know like turning off your phone or not watching tv or not, whatever you know not going online whatever it is are, are there proactive steps a young man can take to remain pure confession Definitely Ooh. prayer and confession. I know that was one of the things that helped me the most, like um, really going when I knew that I needed to go to confession instead of putting it off, making sure I went to confession each time I knew that I should. And then this is like, this was really hard, but I mean, I got to a point where I did not receive Holy Communion if I knew I should receive it without going to confession. I know. I mean, I know so many people just go up on Sunday and receive Holy Communion with mortal sin on their heart. But if I felt like I had sin on my heart that I should not be receiving our Lord, then I would not do that. And that really pushed me to go to confession more often and, and to receive that grace and also to overcome um, sexual sins. But that definitely because you receive that forgiveness and you receive the grace to be stronger and to fight off those temptations through confession. So I would definitely say confession is huge and so important. In addition to the grace that you receive, did personal accountability come into play? Like, um, so what I mean by that is, do you get to a point where if you go to confession regularly, you say, I don't want to confess these same sins over and over and over yeah, again, you yeah, know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Zach, you have Yeah, that's that? what pushed me to uh, go to confession more. I just did the, I can't keep confessing this. I don't want to go to the priest numerous times and keep confessing the same sin. Like, it just makes you feel bad about yourself because you do the, like, I've confessed this five times. Like, am I really even trying? And, and you know, that's, I think that's a, that's a gift that God built into us. Is that, mm-hmm. Because a priest will tell you, confess it over and over again. If you need to confess it, I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to, but we judge ourselves so yeah. harshly in that regard. You know, that that's the benefit of going to the same priest every time for confession yeah. and going face to face, you yeah. know, you'll, you'll be more accountable for, but that's kind of a tangent yeah. about confession. But, um, but yeah, in addition to the grace that we receive and the forgiveness and the healing, I yeah. mean, the healing is real that, you know, if we ask for it, if we seek it, if we prayerfully, put ourselves into God's hands, we can yeah. receive healing. And yeah. so many people don't realize that how easy it really is to get to confession. They're like, well, I know my, my church does confession during Advent and Lent, but when else, you know, so many people don't realize that churches do confession every Saturday or lots of times during the week. Or I know where I always went to confession was St. Patrick's because they do it um, every Sunday before each of their Sunday masses. So anytime I went to mass, I just got there half an hour early to go to confession. Or even if you just call, you can look up any parish website and get the priest number and call them and just schedule an appointment for a time that works good. Right. And you. you can even schedule an appointment for, um, you know, it doesn't have to be a face, face-to-face confession, even mm-hmm. if it's appointment, you know, yeah. I'll meet you over in the confessional, you know, if, if you're feeling like you don't want to do face-to-face. Yeah. Lots of options for confessions. Definitely. Anytime there's a, a conference, anytime, I, I know in our church, anytime there's a youth retreat, there's confession. I mean, it's, it's a lot more accessible, I think, than people think it is, that sacrament is. Yeah. Um, do, do you guys, are guys encouraged to make excuses for impure behavior or for lustful thoughts or for sexual relationships? Like, do, you, do we live in a culture that encourages young men to excuse that behavior? I would say definitely. I mean, if it's not 
um, them thinking this is just what's socially acceptable now and this is what all my friends are doing, so I'm going to do this. I'd say it would definitely be something um, with them thinking that everyone does this and everyone, you know, nobody can ever stop doing this, you know, and I'm going to keep doing this or thinking that it's not possible to overcome these things until I'm married and until I'm in a relationship, you know, I'm just going to have these impure thoughts or this lusting or struggle with pornography or masturbation or anything like that until, you know, that just to think that everybody does it and I'm not going to overcome it even if they know it's wrong Mm -hmm. that's what will go through their head that this isn't possible to overcome until i'm married and that everyone else does it anyways if you're just joining us you're listening to raising saints on am 820 st gabriel catholic radio i'm katie wyatt we're here with gabriel and zach today and we're getting a young man's perspective on purity um zach did you have anything to add to that we were just talking about uh the fact that our culture sort of encourages young men to make excuses for impure behavior yeah i wouldn't say so much just make excuses, um, but more just you can live with yourself doing that um, just because... Like it's normal, this is normal behavior or, or... Yeah, like a lot of guys will just see it as, oh, this is just normal behavior. Mm-hmm. Why should I feel bad about doing this? Um, and then they don't so much make excuses, but they just live with themselves for doing it. So here's the question. Is it normal behavior? Like if if what defines normal, right? So if if 90% of your friends use pornography or whatever percentage we talked about and, you know, a high percentage of your friends are in sexually active relationships, does that make it normal behavior or what, or is it not normal behavior? Air quotes. Yeah, I would say it's definitely not normal. I mean, it might be the norm for our society or the people that you hang out with, but as being um, normal as a human being normal as a son or daughter of God being normal in our human sexuality and what's going to make us happy and what we're really meant for. Um, it's not normal at all and completely goes against all those things. Yeah. In terms of how God, what God created us mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. Um, so how does being a man of faith help you maintain your purity? Um, being a man of faith, you definitely have uh, that more steady prayer life um, to where you have a personal relationship with God. Um, so you can just pray about it. You pray more often, and then if your heart's on God, then it's not on those other things. It's not, your mind isn't towards lust, it's toward faith. Exactly, that's what I would say. Um, being a man of faith, yeah. Like Zach said, your your prayer life and confession and the sacraments and so much of our faith plays into that to help you overcome that. But I think what really hit me is like if you're struggling with impurity and lusting and all these impure thoughts, then that means you have like a void in your life and in your heart. Like your heart is empty and you're trying to fill this with um, pleasure through sexual sin. But instead of filling this void with pleasure, you know, through impurity, you have to fill it with pleasure of your faith and doing what you know is right and doing something good for God's kingdom. So whether that's um, filling the extra time or filling your mind with just more prayer and more faith, or um, whether it's just focusing your life more and trying to center your life on going out and doing service or fighting in something like they're probably being involved in your youth group or just spending more time with your family, um, whatever it is you can, that you can go out to do and to grow in your faith or to do service to fill this void instead of trying to fill it with some sin. 
You know what? And I think we all, we do all know, whether consciously or subconsciously, that we have a void, Mm -hmm. you know, and that that only God can fill that void. So a a vast majority of our cultural um, messages are leading us to fill that void with things that that we as Christians know will not fill the void. Mm -hmm. Are there, are there messages out there without you directly seeking them? Are there messages out there that are pointing people toward the Lord or pointing people toward true fulfillment or authentic love or, or are those, or do we have to stumble into that or seek that out or be that voice? Do you ever just stumble upon that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, I'm trying to think, is there a TV show? Is there uh I think a, you can find God's messages and everything if you look deep enough. Oh, okay. Well, almost everything if you look deep enough. Um, I know one of our old youth leaders, uh, Travis Birch, he made this whole talk about um, the Dark Knight Rises and how that was pointing towards God. Like, I would have never seen that without him pointing that out to me. So... You can so definitely if you're find, if you're like, oriented messages. already toward the Lord, you can you can do that. Yeah. yeah. So my question is, if you're not, if you're lost, you know, and and the vast majority of your influence is cultural, um, how do you how does how do you come upon that tr- message of true fulfillment? I would say it's definitely. I mean, in our society, in our world, in our schools, it's definitely very hard to come upon that, especially with. Well, I mean, I would say it's especially hard with purity compared to anything mm-hmm. else. I would say that's one of the hardest things to come upon truth and really true goodness and support. Um, if you're definitely open to it and you seek it, there's so much support you can find, you know, in so many ways through good friends, through your parents, through your youth group and your church and just everything. There's so, but there's so much out there that can help you through resources and websites, you know, I mean, there's a ton of books and all kinds of things that you can do to, um, help you with this but without really looking or really being open to it um i feel like you're not really going to find it unless somebody reaches out to you so for all of us hopefully that starts in our homes mm-hmm. with our parents Definitely. right so yeah. what would be some advice you would have for parents to help their help orient their kids toward purity despite you know it's, even though we're swimming upstream to a degree how can parents do that Parents are definitely a big example in their child's lives. Um, so just what they talk about at home, if they talk about um, these topics, even though they might be awkward mm-hmm. to talk about, um, if they do, then that will definitely um, set the child's mind more on a purity mindset instead of a lustful mindset. And then you have to back that up too, right? Like with what you what you watch on TV mm-hmm. or what you, you know, what movies you go see or who you follow on social yeah. media. I mean, yeah, everything kind of like snowballs together. Mm-hmm. It's like if you're trying to lead a pure life, but you watch impure TV shows, listen to impure music, yeah. then it's not going to help you to be pure okay. in your relationships. Anything mm-hmm. to add to that, Gabriel, about yeah. parents? I would, I mean, influence? just like Zach said, I mean, I feel like parents would be afraid or, awkward talking to their kids especially their sons about things like this but that's so important i know for so many of the guys like for me um and so many people that i know like you're you're desiring to talking you want to talk about Mm -hmm. that you want to be open about that you want to have that support um from your parents and it puts you so much at peace and gives you so much more strength 
to um, persevere in purity when you know you have other people there supporting you and that are praying for you and that you can always go to. So I would definitely encourage parents to talk to their you know, the children, especially their sons about this and to be completely open about it. Cause that's really what I feel like a son would want and what he needs. And it really will help him a lot. And for all you know, the young men out there and even, you know, we keep talking about this for us as youth, but even for fathers in the workplaces and mothers and everyone, I mean, this is such a thing that's, you know, sexual impurity is so rampant in our society and the workplaces. And it's just important for us as a whole family to go out and to always be um, evangelizing and being witnessing and also um, trying to encourage others to be pure and helping them in purity with our friends and, you know, with our coworkers and everyone. Um, let me ask one more question as we wrap up here. What, what's something that young women can do to help young men avoid impurity? Number one thing, if you had to pick one thing, what would it be? I would say definitely express that they want to be pure because I feel like young girls don't do that. Like they're afraid to do that because they feel like guys will not like them if okay. they do that. But as guys, not only like would I see that as so like much more attractive, but I mean, like I would find that attractive, but also it would help me know that in striving for purity, like this is what girls want from me. And I said that would is, definitely, and what they want for themselves. And somebody I can journey with. And, yeah, yeah, definitely. Safely. So, yeah. What about you, Zach? It. One thing. Yeah, holiness is definitely attractive. <laughs> holiness so. attracts, okay. <laughs> um, if they're living a holy life, if they're um, showing that through um, the clothes they wear, the things they do, the people they hang out with, um, that's definitely going to impact the way a guy looks at them. Great. Well, let's... Uh, close in prayer. I want to thank you both so much for being here and sharing so openly and giving us a very valuable perspective on this very important topic. Thanks, guys. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Precious Jesus, we love you, and we praise you, and Lord, we give you thanks for Gabriel and for Zach and for all young men who are striving to live their lives in purity and to live their lives in service to you. Lord, I ask you um, to bless us all as we journey on that I ask for you to help us have strength and courage in a world that um, is fighting this. I ask you to show us, reveal yourself to us in all of these difficult situations, Lord, so that we can know of your peace and your presence. And we ask all of this in the name of your Son, our Lord, Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to Raising Saints on AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt, and until next time, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bye now. Raising Saints is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt are available at stgabrielradio.com.